the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308. 308- 8867. That's 308 8867. Or toll free at 866 308 8867. And now, live from Milberger's Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 9 30 a.m. The Answer. Our phone number, 210 308 8867. 210 308 8867. And if you are looking for Christmas trees, come to Millburgers right now. All these beautiful trees, the Nordman, the Fraser, uh, the Noble Firs, uh, they are all half off. And we're looking actually for some uh, out the window here uh, that are the perfect size for a small tree. And I wonder what the price is at half off. It's, it's probably really, really good. Um, I should, should run out there during the break and check. But uh, they've got beautiful Christmas trees. So I want to tell you if you've been thinking about it, but maybe you were just... Uh, you decided not to do it this year because I know prices have been higher. Well, now at half off, they're probably better than you expected them to be. So head on I'll over to Millburgers. What's get that? your Christmas tree, and then uh, at the same time, yeah, yeah, fill the gap on uh, the folks you haven't got presents for, especially if they're gardeners. Yeah, with a get gift them card. a gift card. Yeah. That's really a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Any denomination above ten dollars, they can even mail it. But probably at this point, you may want to just hand deliver it. But if not, they can mail it if it's late. You know, yeah. it's better to get it a, a few days late than not at all. So, better late than never. Oh, did you just make that up? Yeah. Wow, that's good. What do you think of that? That's pretty good. <laughs> all right, so come on over. They've also got half price uh, Christmas decor and other stuff. So, uh, Mill Burgers is, of course, at 1604 and Bull Road. So, uh, we hope to see it. So, uh, it's cool outside, but uh, most of the people I've seen have come very deliberately. Walk in <laughs> with jackets. Get what they want and leave. So, uh, and the neat thing probably not a day you're going to linger, but it's okay. It's still not too bad. Well, we tried to do that. They wouldn't let Trace wouldn't let us leave. (laughs) (laughs) Get in there and do that radio. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Anyway, the uh, yeah the 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 trees that are left are just as good as the first one because you you don't have any lopsided. Christmas tree. This amazes me. <laughs> you know, I keep looking every time I walk through there. I keep looking for something that would make it uh, undesirable. Uh, make it <laughs> a, dis- a change your decision. That I never. You could just shut your eyes. You know, yeah. and you do it in a circle and point to one, and you, uh, it would be perfect. And they're all in those uh, wonderful non-tip, mm-hmm. tip-over uh, with water that's containers. Yeah, and, and then you the can end, keep them for a while. And you keep the, you keep the uh, stand stand for next year. Yep, and uh, they just trade out the stand yep. when you come and get your tree, and uh, 
People do it every year. Um, it's twenty five dollars if you want to buy them, but uh, you know the neatest <laughs> thing is just to keep it. Yeah, those are those are wonderful stands. Oh and yeah. When I think of all the heck that a <laughs> typical family goes through trying to get that tree in place, and especially if you got a little one. Yeah, if you got kittens <laughs> or puppies or because the little, little ones, kids, <laughs> the little ones. That can't walk real good yet. Oh, they pull themselves up by the Christmas tree, by the tree itself. Yeah, and with the trees don't like that. I mean, if you if you have it on a regular stand, like you get by at well, like a big box store, big box store, overcomes the tree. Yeah, and out spills the water on the rug. <laughs> I didn't think about that. And of course, they they all they treat every tree like Milton says. I do not say this. What you don't yeah. know what I'm going to say? I do know what you're going to say. <laughs> every Christmas is filled with. <laughs> what is it, Calvin? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, what, I haven't I haven't had enough experience with you, Jerry. Yeah, to know what no, you might, no, no what better. What I say next? Yeah. <laughs> Keep the butts clean, and. Wet. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what they do here. Yeah. So the trees look great. And then um, they are doing the buyback program, too, again this year. Not the buyback, but you bring it back and you yeah, get a gift yeah. certificate and stuff. And so. the neat deal about that is they take uh, any Christmas. Yeah. Idea. You take the I, order, take I, everything I, off of it. But yeah, yes. No, I was thinking they would give you a discount if you leave the lights on. No, you do not. Uh. They don't want the lights. <laughs> It but causes it's, it's problems. It's so funny to see Trace. Uh. To, <laughs> Trace just kind of collapses when you say that. Just like, oh. <laughs> do not leave. No, because when and, they and when they mulch them up, the yeah. the, the uh, wires and lights and bulbs and all. Caught in a mulcher. Yeah, and it's not a good thing. And then, I don't know if you've ever tried to untangle a mulching machine. I have not. <laughs> but it wraps it around. The thing. The cu- the cutters, mm. so it's a mess to get. I All think, right, I think Trace has had to do that several. Times. I think so. It's, I think that's why, but he says not to. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven, and toll free. It's eight six six three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. The number to call with your what gardening number? question. Oh, sorry, two one zero three zero eight. Yeah. Eight, eight, eight. Go ahead. Uh huh. Oh, six. Oh, six. No, eight, eight, six, seven. Three zero eight, eighty eight, sixty seven. You're okay, right, Cal. You did good. That one woman, Barbara. I think Barbara was too <laughs> too fast. She was like, slow down. All right, but okay. uh, what else is going on in the gardening world? Uh, we we brought in, maybe it was unnecessary, but we brought in fire spike. We brought in uh, bougainvillea. Is the fire spike blooming? No, but it's getting ready to. Oh, okay. Got yeah. buds on it. What's that? Yeah, it's kind of late. Put, a, put it by a, a sunny window. Oh, you think just keep it inside? Oh, yeah. Okay. And it'll bloom inside. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, but it was a good idea to get the bougainvillea in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they just don't like 40 degrees. Or, yeah. And this is... It's not freezing, but this no, is... No, it's unpleasant. We took the stevia 30, in, too. 30s yeah. And it looks good. 
Laura has taken very good care of it. Stevia I, does? No, the, the was uh, there, the a, was there a big changeover <laughs> or something? <laughs> yes, it's beautiful now. Uh, the Bougainvillea looks good. It's yeah. uh, and I see Bougainvillea around town probably not too much after today or yesterday. But yeah, I, uh, that uh, that really are gorgeous blooming. <laughs> yeah, the uh, one of my neighbors where I enter the subdivision that I live in uh, has had for the several years have had. A bougainvillea over their uh, privacy fence in the backyard mm-hmm. next to the road that I drive on. And, uh, of course, it froze big time uh, back in the, in the winter. Heavy, uh, I mean, in February, winter. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I watched it climb back up the fence. Yeah. It climbed yeah. back up the fence, but not blooming until about a week or ten days ago. And now that sucker is killer bloom. Yeah, and that and that is a classic pattern for the for the bougainvillea. Whenever yeah. whenever there's any kind of change, quite often we say, well, they're they, they want to be root bound, and so the the roots get damaged. They'll yeah. they'll fill those roots out again and then start blooming. But it doesn't you know it doesn't take much. In the top, even the top, little top kill, mm-hmm. they'll deal with it and then start <laughs> blooming again. But uh, yeah, if they if they're great big, a lot of times it'll they'll miss a year. Oh, is and that right? They'll freeze back if they freeze back hard. Yeah. And they're big, they'll they'll miss a year, but uh, they they will bloom again if you don't water them a lot and fertilize them a lot okay but let them come back on people there. people get a real affection oh yeah for them i they i have made it. the mistake a few times of where Uh-oh. people have planted them along the fence and there's a you know you can see a little damage from the cold mm-hmm. and I, you know i have kind of treated it nonchalantly well you know they're inexpensive you just oh. take them oh. out of there and replant. Uh-huh. oh my lord yeah Get him out! Get out! Get him out of the driveway! Here, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> our beloved bougainvillea. <laughs> this is the same guy that was telling them to quit watering their shrubs uh, before the hard freeze, the night before the hard freeze. I think he was saying it was too late if you hadn't done it by that point. Yeah, talk. Oh, yeah. Does that sound right? Well, yeah, yeah I was trying to uh, trying to uh, <laughs> yeah, give an uh, educational lesson. Uh huh. But of course. That doesn't work when Uh. when somebody's panicky about the (laughs) freeze coming. And if they're in their 70s or 80s. No, this was not in their 70s or 80s. Is that right? Yeah. But, but, but I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of people in their 70s and 80s that were doing that. I thought it might have been Dorothy out there. And you said. Dorothy would have chased me (laughs) off with a stick. (laughs) Did you say Jeremy is predicting a cold meteorologist? Just uh, Jeremy Parsons is predicting another cold winter? He's seen it. I don't know whether it was on the almanac or what, but online it's it's supposed to be worse than last year. Just to remind. Worse than last year? Yeah, worse than February. Just to remind everybody with that concept is that the uh, a well-watered plant um, does have more freeze tolerance yeah than one that is uh, stressed so so it's a good idea to keep it watered but uh, 
And then the other thing, you know, and there, there's a big gap between these well-watered and then the other thing is that uh, commercial concerns or uh, folks, if you keep the water running on during a freeze, like on peach orchards or something, oh. you can keep you can keep from the temperatures on the on the plants from getting below 32 degrees, as long as there's new water. Oh. Because they go through an elaborate process to, to lower the temperature from from whatever it is, 35 <laughs> or 36, down to below 32. Yeah. And so as long as you got to keep fresh water on there, then you're preventing it from freezing. And that's that's kind of kind of the contention or the hope that the the people that are watering at the last minute are trying to uh to accomplish. Oh, okay. I don't know why you just didn't stop and talk to him about that. Mm. It was an educational moment. Yeah, I certainly did try to. Did uh, you outrun uh, that buckshot that they were <laughs> But you know, I, I quickly quickly realized that they had a hose. That's with, true. Uh, yeah, with a, with a high pressure uh, spigot. I don't understand Calvin's neighbors. You know, <laughs> he only means well. You don't see your neighbors anymore. Do, uh, you? do they ever come out any well, No. Yeah, There's Parsons. He's busy inside, hon. Busy distributing his leaves. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, my leaves haven't fallen yet. Huh, that's amazing. On my red off my red off. That's odd. And what does that mean? They barely colored. Is that bad? No. no. Is it dead? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> not dead. Okay. It's still got kind of green and colorful leaves. Oh, you you should spray something. Cherry will love <laughs> it. I love my article. I don't know if it's next Saturday or the Saturday <laughs> after about analyzing leaves. The the, the, the leaves that fall. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. All these, in the form of questions, you know. Yeah. Why are the major one is why my two red oaks are exactly the same and they're only thirty feet apart, but one <laughs> drops its leaves and one keeps its leaves to last. But those kind of questions, yeah. Did you tell them to spray it with has to grow or something? No, I just well, <laughs> I just say live, that would live, make live, with, live with it. Live with it. <laughs> And the uh, people are not patient. Around our neighborhood, the crepe murderer myrtles <laughs> are exfoliating again. Le oh, losing yeah. Losing their leaves, right? Well, they're losing their leaves, but they're also losing their bark. Is this yeah. the time of year they lose their bark? Yeah. Yeah. If okay. they're older. Because they lost it in the freeze, and right afterwards it's like it's no. left off. They it didn't lose it during the freeze. Yeah. No, no, we no. saw. Okay. They were already exfoliating. Oh, and the fr okay. And the freeze knocked the leaves off, well, so you could see it. Yeah. Clara. Yeah, you just you look. You were looking for something to be a uh, what was affected by the freeze, and that. All of a sudden, I noticed that. Obvious. Maybe so. Obvious. But uh, all right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight. 8867, the number to call. Uh, don't forget the nursery is going to be closed on Christmas Day. Yes, sir? No, I was. We were talking about uh, crepe myrtles and trees. I just wanted to remind everybody we haven't talked about it in a while. To, um, it's a good time to uh, plant, plant uh, shade trees now, and then you can take advantage of that CPS uh, uh, rebate. Yeah. Too. And the uh, ch if you if your 
curious about that rebate, go to the CPS website and look at the amazing list of, of trees that are mm -hmm. qualified for the rebate. An aqua is just uh, knocks citrus. Jerry out. In citrus, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that <laughs> damn Mark <thing> Peterson. <laughs> Uh, we blame Can't Mark. believe he put that on there. I'm we blame sure Mark, Mark, and Mark <laughs> pleaded it was not. I don't think oh, he had it. Yeah. He always says that. <laughs> it's because it's true. <laughs> Just <laughs> but we know he's the forester. Used to be the forester. Right. Well, he used to be and, is the and, key. And people use his expertise regardless of how good it is. Oh. And uh, <laughs> so then when it comes out that Somebody is calls that, him on that. That sounds like a similar. Now, that sound like a similar situation with some horticulturists, you know? No. Milton and with who? Where? Oh, who? Uh, like Jerry uh, uh. or <laughs> who? Oh, yeah, the years of experience. Oh. You'd, you'd think, yeah, you'd think they'd be yeah. perceptive. Hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find the hours for everybody for the nursery. Oh. The. Uh, when it's closed, there are zero hours. There are no hours when it's closed. <laughs> I think it's a half day on New on Christmas Eve, and then um, yeah, Christmas Day right. is closed. But I want to be sure. Let's see. I don't know if I have that on my write-up or not. Kevin, I hope you're going to put uh, uh, galls on your article. No, you know, I, I did not put it. I saw, oh. I saw well, that. That's the main question we get. Spider Man got some questions about galls, too, but he I don't think you can call him. him. I know. I saw, yeah, I saw that on something else, and I thought, gosh, I wish I had. I, <laughs> but I, you know, I ran out of uh, word space. I know it. But, mm, but that, you know, that's a topic we can cover. Well, you yeah, should do like a whole gall article. Yeah. Yeah. Can you do a whole gall article? Or is there enough? Well,. Galling yeah, information. It's, it's usually, and it's probably better or certainly easier to to include it with some of the other characteristics. But there's so many oh, yeah. worthy topics with uh, shade trees. Okay. You know what they what they call those galls on oak trees? Oak galls. There you go. Wow. That's because I've got years of experience. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Working with that's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Those years of experience have helped you. But anyway, uh, speaking of experience, yes, I was looking over uh, Neil Sperry's question and answer from. Oh, yesterday. are you going to pick yesterday. on him again, like you did uh, yesterday? I think Just I'm going to have to mention he's. I don't think he's ever dug a pecan tree. Oh, a native pecan. Tree. Don't they have tap roots and? Uh, yes. Mm. Good going, Milton. Anyway, got a got a question. It said, "I have a very large old pecan tree in our pasture." Now that indicates that that's a native pecan. Okay, it came up in the pasture. Seedlings have come up beneath it. Do you think I can pull or dig some of them up and replant them? Will they survive the process? And Neil says, <laughs> I don't know if the mother tree is an improved variety or just a native pecan. You say it's a native. It's a native pecan, Neil. Uh, but these seedlings most definitely would be natives. 
Well, <laughs> there'd be seedlings. Like you can have a seedling of an improved variety, but that's not a native. It's a seedling. That's that's consistent with our you know us talking about the every one of the shade trees or yeah. oaks is yeah. an in, in individual with different genetics. That's why the leaves will will fall on one of Jerry's oak trees oh, and, right. not, and then not in the other one for a long time. They're all different uh, from seed. I think they just want to irritate Jerry. <laughs> His trees are conspiring against him. And so Neil says, not that there's anything wrong with native pecans, uh, but you don't have any way of knowing what type or, or quality, quality of fruit uh, nuts well, they will produce until they start bearing, if they do. Did hmm. he say if they do? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to Neil. Why? What Neil Because they're, they're going to start producing after about seven or eight years. Okay. Depending on the variety. Yeah, well, if it's native. What he's saying is that it's rare. Um, I don't know that we know any any pecan tree that has never. Yeah. Oh, sterile. Oh, okay. It's not sterile. There's some, there's some that are really stressed but yeah it's just amazing some places where they exist where they survive well yeah hey we need to take a break do you want to pick on neil after the break yeah okay 210-308-8867 is our number 210-308-8867 we have more of millburgers gardening south texas coming up we're live here at millburgers in the two-story you can still come visit with us and ask your gardening question in person just come inside and we'll be happy to help you on 9.30 a.m., this is The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. 210-308-8867. Wild Birds Unlimited right there at Northwest Military and Hebner Road will remind you if you're looking for great Christmas gifts and looking for a way to bring nature to your yard, uh, they've got it all there at Northwest Military and Hebner Road. It's, nor it's Wild Birds Unlimited. A great selection of, uh, of uh, not only feed, but feeders and houses and other things, binoculars, hats, uh, yard art. Uh, at Wild Birds Unlimited, Northwest Military, and Hebner Road. And they have books. Oh. And they've got autographed <laughs> copies of Good a book man. we're going to be reading, or uh, be uh, discussing with the author today called Parking Lot Birding by Jennifer Bristol. She's autographed some books, and they're for sale over there. And uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about uh, different places throughout Texas uh, where you can uh, go to do great birding without, I mean, the, the concept is without going deep in, without lots of hiking, just uh, almost as, as much as just sitting in the parking lot and looking at the birds. Do I have that right? Well, I don't. Am I, I'm not simplifying it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> qu quite a bit. Oh, okay. Well, but she does kind of talk about this idea of not having to go deep and hike and hike and hike and hike. Yeah, it kind of she gives you a, a way to cover more territory, to take advantage of a limited time. Yeah. Or if you've got folks that are bird watchers, but they 
aren't able to walk long trails and things like that. That's mm -hmm. amazing. And then she brings up a really uh, important point about the fact that the, so a lot of us that have been bird watching for years and years never we should have realized that the best <laughs> place to to see a lot of birds and a lot of d different birds is is in the parking lot. Yeah, the so open area. Yeah, and the uh, sometimes they got bird feeders and yeah and uh, blinds. And yeah, that that seems to be. Yeah. I didn't even know they had those, but we'll talk about some parks. She goes all through Texas, and there are for our area. Um, she'll talk about Mitchell Lake. She'll talk about uh, Cibolo. Um. Oh, what is it called? Nature Preserve, Cibolo Creek Nature Preserve. Yeah. Um, she'll talk about places in Fredericksburg, but she this this book covers the entire uh, state of Texas and fun stuff. And wow. so, yeah, it's neat. And um, and I'm so working on my book, which is Highway Birdie. Uh huh. Okay. That's even bigger than uh, Wow than uh, parking lot. Okay, well, that's that's that's, wh that's when they're eating the carrion on the road and uh, <laughs> uh, that too. <laughs> yeah, but we'll talk to her at one o'clock. But you can get the book afterwards. You can get it at Wild Birds Unlimited uh, at Northwest Military and Hebner Road Parking Lot Birdie. I have a question for me, Milton. Uh huh. The front of our book, Parking Lot Birdie, has got a picture. Of a bunch of birds, uh, blackbirds, uh, yeah. sitting on a on a wire. Okay. Uh, and there's what hundreds of them. Okay. Why are they all spaced out? Look at the even spacing between all the birds. They're, they're kind of the even, but yeah, they're not there. Oh, How does perfect. he call that even spacing? Yeah, I was just being kind. Look at that uh, space between every bird. No. You don't see any birds rubbing each other? Okay, there, there's some that are maybe about three inches apart and some yeah. that are about three feet apart. So yeah. why, why are they all spaced like that? I don't know. Do you know the answer? Yeah. What's the answer? Is it is it mean? Huh? Is it so you can get a better shot? Is no. it something like that? <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> we, d we do use bird shot. Really. Uh-huh. That's what I figured. It's easy on the wires. Okay. But uh, anyway, if you ever notice that, uh, I've noticed around town. Calvin, here. can you verify this when he's done? No, but I was just thinking that it would be interesting <laughs> to ask her what, what kind of birds they are. I wonder if those are grackles. Because I'm not those sure. those be grackles? I would. Yeah, I might. Uh, I haven't lo looked at them closely, but I. I might. They might be purple martins. <gasps> no. Oh, no, that'd be they're wonderful. They're not purple martins. Oh, they're probably getting ready Mar to. Purple martin won't stick. Stick around. They're for probably them. getting ready to throw some sparrow out of its home. <laughs> That's nice. So we'll, we'll ask her. <laughs> you know, there might uh, might be more than one uh, variety of bird in there. Let's see. anyway. Yes, that'll, so be, that'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll have we'll some fun. We'll ask her if she knows. Okay, I bet she knows. I bet she took the picture. There you go. Um, so, yes, you were going to say, why are they so spaced apart? No, I was going to see if she knows. Okay, well, I bet she does. Yeah, she's got great uh, parks and wildlife credentials of Texas Parks and Wildlife. So, I bet she's, and she's a teacher, so I bet you that came up. So, we'll have to ask her. Okay.
Yeah. Unfortunately, she lives in Austin. I know, but we, f- we forgive her. <laughs> Hope she's not listening. You know that they've started to associate the, the, the growing metroplex of Austin, San Antonio, or San Antonio, Austin now. So oh, we're like, are we like... Uh, like Dallas-Fort Worth. Oh, geez. And they're starting to talk about a, the uh, uh, overcoming the population uh, growing greater than the Dallas-Fort Worth. And they... Also on the economy because of the uh, high tech. Oh, yeah, a bunch of high tech. So anyway, uh, you'll find Wild Birds Unlimited, <laughs> Northwest Military, and Hebner Road, and you can call them at 210-479-BIRD, 210-479-BIRD. Do you suppose any of our uh, our uh, f- uh, audience are out oh, there doing helping the bird count? with the... I with bet they are. Count. Yeah, we get. A, that's why these books are so fun to do because I know a lot of our audience... Also enjoys birding. What time did the uh, bird count start? Just whenever you want to go, or is there a certain time? I can't remember. I thought it was, I was thinking noon, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. And you say that you they, they break the city into little 10-mile circles, and you kind of... Well, not the, not the city, just the whole area. Okay. Re- the whole region. Um, well, but they they find if, if they got somebody that's eager to participate, they find a way they can participate. Oh, good. Okay. Is it too late to call Wild Birds Unlimited to find out about that now? Probably. I don't know. I don't. Th- I think they'd be, it'd be interesting. I I bet that. Uh, and we need some reports from our. Yeah, I'll bet. Our Bill, bird counter. Bill or, uh, Kyle. Kyle would uh, have a feel, uh, you know, because of because of the uh, that close relationship that you talk about all the mm-hmm. time between them and their customers. I'll bet they. Yeah. Feel how many of those? How many of their customers are? actually participating in the bird count. Maybe we'll visit with Kyle. Things will be slower next Sunday when we're back on the air. We can visit with Kyle then. And I'd be interested in have them count the sparrows versus the martins. I don't think there are many martins this time of year. Oh, really? They're not here? They left? (laughs) There's a lot lot of them if they're uh, doing the uh, bird count in Christmas bird count. They probably are still doing it in the in the uh, tropics, too. Oh, there we <laughs> go. Okay. They're just taking a vacation. Those sparrows probably went down there, too. Maybe so. Anyway, getting oh. back to this. To uh, pick on, picking on Neil. <laughs> Seedlings uh, situation. Uh, th- this person wants to dig up some uh, seedlings around a, a native pecan tree. And uh, Neil said uh, he warned them that it may be you won't be able to know the quality right. of the of the nuts that are produced. Uh, and then he says, as to digging the seedlings, mm-hmm. if they're short enough, less than four to or five feet, and you lifted them carefully with a sharpshooter spade to move them, you might do pretty well. Now, that sentence right there tells me that Neil has never dug up a seedling pecan tree. How deep because is that? Because if they're four to five inches tall, yeah, they've got a taproot probably two feet long, oh my. straight down. And how much further does that go every foot they grow? <laughs> oh, four to five feet. And the they wheat. almost got as much taproot as they got top. Mm. And that uh, that's uh, that 
taproot is especially long in the, in good soils. Yeah, oh yeah. But even in our in our soils, there are sh real shallow, um, oh, rocky soils. That that taproot <laughs> somehow is oh yeah tougher than it's very hard to get it to to, to dig it and uh, get it out in place. But I was uh, and I, forget I guess about I, pulling it. Yeah. I was telling you when we were working on Paul Cox's uh, mm -hmm. house or there we were planting some plants and there was uh, some uh, some uh, ex-plumbers that were, uh, <laughs> and I watched them with, uh, they, they obviously they were used to d digging those with those real thin, what do you call those, uh, spades? Yeah, yeah, sharpshooters. Yeah, yeah. and uh, gosh, it was just, uh, it was amazing how skillful you can get even when it looks like it's mm -hmm. impossible to do but they were digging and they were getting stuff out it would have taken me a half hour to, <laughs> dig, to dig that one plant yeah. out and they were obviously had enough <laughs> experience to do it and then he says hold the soil around their roots and trim their tops back by half after the dig uh, to compensate for the roots that are lost uh, when you when you're digging it, it's going to be quite a shop shock when you dig them. That's it's the shock is going to be for you to try to dig those those seedlings because they when you plant a nut uh, before you see anything sprout from the nut, it's already got a taproot of a foot or longer down yeah wow and keeps going and it's so not not like uh ligustrum seedlings right that, that you can just absolutely pull it out hey we got marty on the line at 210-308-8867 210-308-8867 marty welcome to millburgers gardening south texas how are you doing today okay how are you guys doing doing good good and good what's what you know yeah, I, just ca I call it wish you guys a happy Merry uh, Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you. Me too, Thank Marty. You. Thank you. Yeah. What you going to do uh, in the new year? <laughs> Hopefully bring it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eat, eat, uh, probably eat some ham and bounce mm. it off with some, uh, probably some, some uh, menudo and uh, probably a big piece of cake, something like that. <laughs> that sounds good. There you go. Oh, some tamales. Can't forget tamales. There yeah, tamales for there Christmas or Christmas and New Year's. I had some there wonderful menudo yesterday. Oh, makes, man. It makes yeah. me hungry even to think about it. It's pretty good. Yeah, just so long as they put enough hominy in it, that's all that matters as far as I'm concerned. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, much, I, I just want to go. How many How many did you have in yours, Calvin? Not as much as I would have liked. It was oh, okay. it was enough that 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 it was good, good but you, I don't think you can have enough, you know, have too much hominy oh, okay. and manure. Touche, touche, Calvin, touche. Yeah, I just want to want to use one of Milton's philosophical sayings, and I'll I'll be glad to kiss twenty twenty one goodbye. <laughs> All right, Dad, uh, I'll take. Uh, okay, no. I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay, Milton. All right. Thanks, Marty. Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I lost one of my Esperanza plants. But I went Aww. to Millburgers and got another one. It's coming out bigger and better than ever. And I, uh, I have a 
Snapdragon that's coming out gangbusters too. So um, it, it, all's good. All's good. Good. Okay. And, you, well, and your peppers? My peppers, my real grand goal is, is coming through like, like a champ. And like I say, I, I, I put my vote in, I tell Dr. Parsons for the Ruby Crush. I think it, it got got a little bit of a late start, but man, let me tell you, it's a prolific producer, as as you know, and a great taste in cherry tomatoes, as, as always. Good right deal, good deal. Yeah, good. I think it even I think it even outproduced the BHN 968 this year. I always see them as kind of running running at the same speed. Okay. But uh, this year the Ruby Crush really did a a superior job. It it got a little bit of a of a a late start uh, as far as uh, blooming goes. Or the bloom had the blooms, but as far as ripening process was concerned. But once it got rolling. Man, it, it just kept on going and going yeah. and going. And I, my, my grandkids, I, I couldn't get them away from my bush. I had to go, go hide them and <laughs> put them inside the house. And what they discovered was that don't be hiding the tomatoes on the ground. I said, okay, I won't. <laughs> but I, I didn't have has enough your, time to put them even in my salad. <laughs> has your froze? Has your plants frozen yet? I don't think we've I had a freeze. I got, have we? I, I got I, I got me some uh, some planket. And, oh, good. Uh, and oh, I, good. I put, I put them up against uh, the house uh, as advised, and I put me some planking on it, so I didn't want to take much. And I, and I have been watering them. That's uh, so oh, okay. good advice. So I do appreciate uh, y'all schooling on that. This is very helpful to my plants because I sure take them. One. I have a, a Joey avocado, and I have the Esperanza. I certainly don't want to lose that one again. And, oh. and so uh, I, I'm not taking no chances. Thanks, Marty. Thank you for the nice okay, wishes. Yeah, you have yeah, a Merry yeah, Christmas yeah. and a Happy New Year, yeah, too. All right, we'll yeah, talk to you good. soon. Okay, hey, bye-bye. Trace, before we go to break, I know you're but, – but, but, yeah, yeah, tell us what's going on here at the nursery. All right, so uh, 50% off on uh, cut trees. Yeah. Uh, a certain selection of living trees. So the okay. ro- rosemary, Aleppo, stone pine, and loblolly pine are 50% off. Okay. Uh, we're going to put out some other things tomorrow that might Ooh. be interesting uh, specials. The Christmas decor is 50% off. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jerry says everybody needs decor. They, they yeah. Do. <laughs> I don't know why he said I, I had to Google what, how many carbs were in how many. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah. How many carbs were in how many? Too many. Oh, dear. So you have to have your menudo without omni? Uh, how many? Well, I wouldn't eat menudo anyway. But oh, okay. <laughs> the, uh, the carbs were... Uh, okay. Cool, yeah. So, and there's some pretty trees, all different sizes. Yep, they're, they're still good looking. Yeah, they're yeah. great looking. And let's see, anything else? The Christmas cactus. There's Christmas a twenty percent right now. So, how do they find out? You know about tomorrow. They will go on our website. Okay, it'll be posted on the website starting tomorrow. Okay, good deal. Anything else you want to hang around a sec? Uh, I don't know. I forgot y'all were here since you were inside. Oh, okay, warm. yeah. I've been outside in the cold. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> come, join the, come join the warm ones in here. All right, we'll take a quick break and come back in a moment. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Gardening South Texas, and as Marty said, we want to make sure we wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll be recording the Christmas show next Saturday, uh, but we will uh, 
I'll be back on uh, the 26th here at the nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. They're closed on Christmas Day, obviously, but uh, open after that. So you can come use your gift card on the 26th. Okay. Hey, let me tell you about... we get drunk on the... On Christmas Day. Then you just got to be here. Huh? Got to be here on the 27th. You want me here drunk? Uh, <laughs> am, am, I, am I sure you haven't been? <laughs> hey, uh, Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control uh, has been helping homeowners since 1976 to keep their homes pest-free. And uh, one of the things I like best about Spider-Man, uh, one, is, is their relationship to their customers. It's not just... You know, you're a customer. It's they want to make sure you understand what they're doing, how it works. Uh, they want to look at the problem holistically so they know that uh, uh, why you're having the problem and help you solve the whole thing. So they're really kind of a partner in it, and they take ownership. They're not just going to spray and leave. Uh, they're going to come and, and uh, look at the entire problem, and that's why people like them. It's why they're oftentimes the last pest control company that people use and get uh, because they do the job and they do it well. Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control, 210-656-3721, 210-656-3721, or GoSpiderManPest.com is the website. And you can find out about all the stuff they do at GoSpiderManPest.com. And you know they've got the good stuff. They have both. They have, the they, have they have good stuff. Every actually they'll they'll tell you what the best stuff is for your situation. I know you just want to use one thing, but yes. <laughs> I want to use the good stuff. Don't uh, like I tell him when he comes in my house. Don't be bringing any of that pansy like stuff in there. You just want yeah. I right. want something that like I said. Uh, you want when when you're through. <laughs> You want double dosage. You want to be able to see your home from space. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. We have Gene on the line at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Hey, Gene. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Pretty good. I had a, a little bit of trivia since you're having this birding expert that you know, might want to pass <laughs> along. Okay. You know, when... When, uh, if you ever notice, when geese are migrating, they're always in a V formation. Yeah. And one leg of the V is always longer than the other, the other yeah. one. Yeah. You know why that is? Uh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to ask. Is this a no, a, a cherry type answer no. or is this a straight and, answer? Well, if, you, if you know, the reason that. is there's more geese on that side. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, good. It's wow. a scient you scientific know, answer. Huh? That's yeah. I guess you're right, Gene. Yeah, I never thought geese. of that. That's funny. Do Thank you, you. Do you know the head goose, the one in the front? Yeah. Swaps out. In other words, the the, the head goose is not the old one that flies all the way in the head, and so they change. Part how do they the how front. do they choose the head goose? Uh, all of them. They vote. Operate to be a, oh, a okay. head goose because they're they're the ones that are breaking the uh, the uh, uh, air currents. Oh, okay. For the, for Wind the rest break. Of the oh, flock. really? Wow. Yeah, re rest of the flock. That's a tough job. It is. That's why they have to switch out every now and then. But besides uh, geese, are do you are you a birding fan? Otherwise, Gene. Uh oh. <laughs> I think we lost Gene. That was good about the geese. Yeah, that was good. Thank you, Gene. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven, 
210-308-8867. Are you going to pick on Neil some more, or are you done? Well, I was talking. So, someone was, needs to call Neil and tell him to listen <laughs> to the show on streaming. He wouldn't believe that. <laughs> uh, the uh, We were talking about galls on the leaves, which Calvin conveniently left out of his article. Can't believe that the gall of him. Are <laughs> you trying to ignore? Everyone it. listening could see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, Neil got a question. Says, "Is there any relationship between the extraordinary number of galls on my oak live oak leaves this fall and the cold of last winter?" Well, people start. Noticing the galls at this time of the year because uh, the galls on the leaves, when the leaves fall off, they see it, and they wonder what should it, should they do. And it's also a, a leaf with a lot of galls is it more likely to fall off than yeah. one that's not, like like on live oaks. Yeah. Or, oh, is that right? Yeah. Probably the extra weight. Weight and. Uh, Damage. Damage, yeah. yeah. And Neil answers, perhaps. Uh, but there's still not anything you need to worry about. If there's any relationship, it could be because there was so much new gro- new succulent growth last spring that might have been more vulnerable to the adults' insect stings as they deposited the eggs. Perhaps the uh, predatory insects that feed on the adults or their larvae were hurt by the cold. Whatever the case, it's nothing you could stay awake at night about. There's still no way to prevent or control them. That's good. And uh, so if you see those little swellings uh, on the bottom of the leaves, I guess there's some on the top of the leaves, uh, those galls are come in different shapes and everywhere. Sizes. Yeah, there's just I was going to say there's hundreds of species. I don't know that for sure. There's lots. Yeah, there's lots. You want me to Google it? No. Or I'll, I'll see if I can find it before Dennis <laughs> does. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, uh, but people are noticing it because the leaves are falling off, and they say, "Hey, what's these knots on my on my leaves?" And of course. You to control them, you'd have to control the little insect that uh, stings the leaf and makes the gall appear in which they lay their eggs. So you would have to kill that uh, little insect before they stung the leaf. Now, and for folks, just to remind them that what you're looking at now, the 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 insect, the young insect, is long gone. Yeah. That's just the remnant, uh, the former uh, housing. Egg, egg casing, yeah. yeah. And and you can prove that to yourself by uh, cutting open the galls. And you'll see that it's probably brown in the center. If it was an active uh, eggs in there, uh, in the gall, when you cut it open, it would be kind of reddish, the ones I've cut open. Hmm. And, and not brown or dry. Now, what about, uh, we're getting a question through email about galls that are showing up on branches. Yeah. 
They and, they do uh, branches too. And twigs. Yeah. Is that there was any different? Do you no. have those any different well, than you would on like leaves? Well, like may be a different species. Oh. But it it operates in the same way. The insect lays a uh, lays the egg or deposits the egg in a gall on the root on the uh, stem or uh, uh, twig. Okay. Can you can you take them off like you would say? What do you take off the um, ball moss with stuff, even though it's not doing any harm? Right. Jerry's giving me a look. You did good, Mel. Thank you. But uh, can you take? Can you get some something to get the galls off if some no, homeowner it, nothing? It's illegal to do that. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Calvin, have you heard that? <laughs> I mean, not that you hear Jerry just say it, but have you? Is well, I was right? I was just kind of thinking about uh, what the the galls on the st- on the stems and branches are are eating. I guess they get access to the vascular system, or yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's that's what it, it cells of the when that insect stings that thing, it probably it puts a plant hormone in there probably, and causes the tissue there to swell. Yeah, and so the the little babies they're so cute inside the galls feed on the tissue that's uh, swollen to make the. Uh, the altered, yeah, the altered tissue. There you go. So it really isn't on the raw vascular system right, activity. Right. It's it's on the, uh, the 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 changed cells that there you go. that are uh, around the mm-hmm. around the egg. Or it could be that the uh, female that was laying, uh, making the gall uh, on the leaf usually. Uh, got kind of, uh, what should I say, inebriated or a little bit drunk and fall off the leaf and continue with the gall-making process on the twigs and stem. Is this a new theory, or this have you read this el- elsewhere? You'll no, not hear this anywhere <laughs> else but here, man. Okay. Thank goodness. Uh. <laughs> why Why we? Why well, I don't know we why we're so right. lucky, yeah, that we get to hear all right. <laughs> okay. Hopefully that answers the question. Yeah. Got about uh oh about two minutes left. Uh, what else we got? And then don't forget at uh, one o'clock we hope to talk to Jennifer Bristol. She's the author of Parking Lot Birding, a fun guide to discovering birding in Texas. And we'll ask her about what what's on the wire and the cover of the book. There you go. Uh, and all that too. And if uh, any of you out there know why birds, blackbirds especially are evenly spaced apart on the wires. Well, no, she's going to say, she's going to look at that and say, evenly spaced? There. Yeah, I don't know. His, he, he's looking at a different book than no, ours. Quit but, it. but for the most part, uh, the big clusters of like a dozen seem to be you fairly could s- You could say they are spaced, but I don't think it's appropriate to say they are evenly spaced. Uh. So uh, pretty close. I don't know. We'll, we'll find. We'll ask her. I'll let no, Jerry. Ignore, we'll let Jerry ask her. Hey, the, someone want to know if dormant oil will make a difference in the galls? No. No, it won't help. It'll, you. it'll make them shine. It won't get rid of them. It won't make them no. f- give up or go it'll away. It'll make them shine. Oh, well, that's nice. That oil on the on the uh, gall will make it uh, shiny. Shiny galls. Pretty. Okay. All right. <laughs> you got to kill that the mother. And how do you kill the mother? That lays uh, that. Makes the gall. And how do you kill mom? 
Well, it depends. There's so many, like we said, there might be hundreds <laughs> of golf producers. Uh. But, you know, w just to remind folks with the, the dormant oil kills uh, aphids and suffocates aphids and other <laughs> insects that are on the plant. <gasps> so, some of them may be golf. Oh, okay. Yeah. Plant so uh, insects, but might be worth a try. No, well, Not I, really. I would guess that you wouldn't get a direct okay response. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back in a moment with Jennifer Bristol. Right after this, you're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. This is the answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer. I'm Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. Our next guest, listen to these credentials, is the former coordinator of the Texas Children in Nature Program at the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, the 2018 and, um, and uh, the 2018 and 2019 recipient of the Most Valuable Birder Award in the Great Texas Birding Classic. She has contributed articles to Texas Parks and Wildlife Magazine and other publications, a, a former park ranger. She's a business owner also and marketing executive. She serves on the advisory boards of the Texas Wildlife Association and Travis Audubon uh, Society, and she resides really close to us right there in Austin. Uh, and her book, the parking lot, uh, called Parking Lot Birding, uh, is a lot of fun. And as we mentioned, it's on sale over there at Wild Birds Unlimited. Uh, that's uh, Kyle turned me on to the, the book, Jennifer. So thank you for coming on the show. It's Jennifer Bristol is our guest today. How are you doing, Jennifer? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the the book's a lot of fun, uh, and I, I like the way it's uh, laid out. I'll introduce you to the guys. Dr. Calvin Finch is here. Jerry will pop in in a second. Hi, Jennifer. Calvin really is the Hi, birder, um, and I'm kind of the novice, and uh, I'm not sure how to describe Jerry as, as in relationship to birds. Uh, uh, he's a birder, he says, so he'll be he'll be sitting down in a second. Well, Jennifer, what... what uh, he, his favorite bird is an English sparrow, so you can take that for what it's worth. And I, I know, according to the book, there was a place that um, in San Antonio, I think I have this right, that he could go, and those would be some of the birds that he could see. Uh, because that was that was one of the things you mentioned about a park that I go walking uh, in. I hope we didn't dampen her enthusiasm. No, I hope not. Already we started <laughs> off we started off poorly. Well, Jennifer, speaking of starting off, do me a favor. Yeah. Um, I, I was tempted to, to jump right in. This is broken down into different areas uh, throughout Texas, and I wanted to go to San Antonio's area right away, uh, but I, I, I was disciplined, read the introduction, read how you got started, and I'm glad I did. So tell us kind of how you got interested in birding and started in this whole thing. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of a fun story. Um, you know, I, I've always loved nature and I've always loved being uh, outdoors and be, very active in nature, hiking and swimming and horseback riding. And um, and then I, I got bucked off my Mustang and um, needed to do something a, a little bit slower. And so my husband, uh, who was already a birder, uh, took me out birding and um, had a brand new camera lens. And I was hooked. Uh, you know, looking at the birds uh, up close and looking at the photographs, and um, I just, I wanted more. Um, you know, it, I started reading books at night about them. I started, you know, downloading apps and listening to the bird calls, um, and I, I just kind of went all in. Um, so, it, and, and that's kind of how it happens sometimes. 
you know, you discover the nature that's around you all the time, and instead of meaning goes to some faraway place. Is uh, is uh, Calvin was mentioning today that San Antonio has its Christmas bird count today. Is Austin doing theirs today, or do you have a Christmas bird count type thing? Um, there is a Christmas bird count. Um, Travis Audubon has multiple different ones um, throughout uh, the county here, uh, which is kind of exciting because then, you know, like San Antonio, we have multiple different ecoregions, and so to look at those, uh, you know, what types of birds are in those different uh, regions. Everybody sort of divides and conquers um, on uh, on multiple days. Uh, talking to Jennifer Bristol, author of Parking Lot Birding, a fun guide to discovering birds in Texas. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to talk about how you broke the book up, but you mentioned two things just now, Jennifer. You mentioned the apps. You mentioned uh, uh, different uh things that you need to really enjoy birding. And actually, you didn't say you needed them to enjoy birding, but they help. Uh, talk a little bit, and you kind of do that in the book a little bit. Talk a little bit about what would help. Uh, oh, Calvin's an expert, but someone like me, who's a novice at this, to enjoy, to, to kind of get out there and enjoy more uh, of, of what I'm doing with birding. Sure, sure, yeah. And, and, um, and I will kind of talk a little bit about the book, too, you know, the reason that I picked the 90 different locations in there was to make it easy for people to find the birds, um, you know, when they go to one of these locations. That's why I narrowed it down each one of those. Because as a novice birder, you know, just like if you take a kid fishing for the first time, you want to catch a fish. Um, so if, if somebody goes out birding for the first time, you want to see a good variety of birds. Um, and, you know, you don't need a lot of gear. You don't need a lot of specialized equipment. Um, a pair of good binoculars is, is always a great start. Um, but, you know, uh, 90% of it is just getting out and, and going outdoors. I use several apps. Um, people can pick one. Um, I use iBird Pro and um, iBird Unlimited. Um, and th- I use both of those because um, they have, I really like their sound features. I like to listen to the bird calls. Um, and I think the photographs and the artwork um, that they have on them is very accurate, um, so those are the two that I prefer and use. Um, and then I use eBird a lot, um, and so that's where I can log all of everything that I'm seeing, but it also helps me find locations. Let's say I'm, I'm, not, let's say I'm not having a great day at one of the locations I've chosen. I can go on there and find something that's close to me um, and, and move fairly quickly. Yeah, the uh, we could have used the iBird or the uh, I guess eBird too, but we had some doves that were uh, here. We broadcast from the nursery, and we couldn't figure out kind of what they were. And uh, we so, how, what do you take a picture of the bird, or are you just and kind of let the app figure out what it is? Is that how it works? Or um, that's how iNaturalist works, and and that's okay. iNaturalist. One. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so that one, I mean, you can take a, you know since you're at the nursery. You can take a picture of any plant that you see out in nature or an insect or a bird or an animal and, um, and, and upload that to iNaturalist. And then there's all kinds of people, um, you know, that are biologists or, or naturalists that can tell you, oh, hey, that's a, you know, um, a blue jay or that's a common ground dove um, versus uh, an inca dove or something. So, you know, it's a really great um way for citizen scientists to be able to contribute and help each other learn about what what's around them uh, all the time 
Calvin, did you have a? Well, I was just uh, kind of amazed that uh, have you gotten a, a response just like Milton talked about uh, from amateur birders? You know, the kind of makes the parking lot birding this book does makes it uh, uh, legitimate to you know to pursue that kind of birding. I yeah. remember I remember Jerry and Milton when yeah. we used to do the Mitchell Lake. Uh, they used to take us walking out all over the place. Ah, <laughs> oh, we take we were walking and walking and walking well, and walking. And but, but this 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 kind of this kind of reinforces the idea that you there's all kinds of degrees of birding. Yeah, and you can yeah. you can pick and choose, and they're all legitimate. Mm-hmm. And you can all you know you can use all the the information you've gained or the appreciation to to support you know the environment and and uh, the bird, bird birding populations and uh, th- this kind of kind of brings it home I, I almost see this as uh, enlisting a whole oh a whole uh, army or reserve uh, reserve <laughs> unit of uh, birders who have Goodness. Uh, make them Make them more legitimate in terms of the overall, oh, okay. overall. You ever think of it in those terms? Sure, sure, yeah. So, so I'll I'll address two of the things uh, that you just shared there. The first off, with Mitchell Lake, I thought my husband was going to divorce me um, because <laughs> I, I made him walk everything as well. And um, thankfully, we made it out of there, and and I took him for a nice lunch, and and he forgave me. Um, but. Yes, and, and so the whole purpose, you know, um, obviously it's more than just parking lots. It's the, the, the um, campus of a nature center, bird blinds, anywhere that's easy to get to once you get to that location. Um, it could be a boardwalk or a hawk watch tower, um, you know, something that makes it really accessible for people with all mobility um, and or all ages. Um and to be able to find birds really as soon as they get there. Um, and so, yes, it, you know, it, it, I really wrote it with that intent that it could help other birders, um, you know, who, who are intermediate or even advanced, um, find, you know, cool places to go around the state, or as a welcoming um, to new birders who are just finding it and, and wondering, you know, where do I go? What, what birds can I see in each one of these seasons? The really yeah. interesting part to me was um, I launched the book um, in, on April 20th, 2020, uh, which was in the heart of the mm. lockdown um, in COVID. And uh, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, what do I do? Um, you know, I had this whole book tour planned and, you know, uh, everything was in my mind was supposed to go a certain way. And then here came uh, COVID and, and uh, I had to regroup. But the amazing part was everybody was home birding. And um, they wanted to find places that were local and nearby. And so the book was a nice answer to that. Um, yeah. Did you ever talk about needs. Yeah. Is that, this is a but, good opportunity to talk about how the book is broken down. Sure. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned before, there's nine um, regions. And so... Um, you know, I recognize that humans don't um, always say, hey, I live in this eco-region. Um, so it's sort of around, uh, more or less around the, the uh, metro centers, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, um, 
Corpus Christi down South Texas, and then West Texas, East Texas, and the Panhandle. Well, uh, the, the yeah. book, the book also kind of makes it clear uh, how many exciting places there are to yeah. bird, bird in Texas. Even yes, I was thinking of uh, uh, Jerry. Jerry was not the real, the most uh, aggressive birder we had, but it always, I always got jealous because he was when we did the Mitchell Lake thing. He he was always the one that was able to identify him, kind of like nonchalant, you know. Here, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're as we're driving through the parking lot, he this this really makes him a, a legitimate birder now. Yeah, because he, this philosophy is exactly his. Hey, there we go. And uh, he w- he was always always the one that was most skillful in identifying the birds or yeah, seeing he's them. A good eye, very good eye. We would go out at Mitchell Lake. He's just while the rest of us are just hobbling along, wondering when we can go home. Uh, well, Jerry no. would be spotting <laughs> birds, <laughs> and, it, and it was especially worked when we uh, figured out that we had to take his guns away from. Yes, him. he would just yeah he would. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm working on a new book uh, called I Hunt Birds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's going to be a big seller. Yeah, from from the yeah. parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> from the parking lot. <laughs> Jennifer, I interrupted you a minute ago to talk about how the book, but uh, um, were you, uh, was there something you were going to say when you're kind of finishing up about talking about the tour and the pandemic? And Oh, no, no, no. I'll get there. Okay. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're actually uh, lucky to live in Texas from a nature standpoint. But we're really, I think, lucky to live in uh, in the San Antonio area. Four different uh, um, kind of nature zones. Am I doing am I saying that word right? Uh, and um, all different kinds of birds that come through here. The you, ducks. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about some of the places and get to Hardburger last because that'll make Jerry happy because you you bring out one of the birds that Jerry likes at <laughs> Phil Hardburger Park. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, yeah, well, San Antonio is really a, a, a neat, neat place and um, has tons to offer from an urban birding experience, which, you know, right down there at the uh, uh, the Botanical Gardens and um, uh, the new children's play area that they added uh, with all the, the new uh, lands there. Um, Crescent Bend Nature Park, uh, which is out on Cibolo Creek, is fantastic. They've really developed it for birders. Um, there's the bird lines are, you know, as soon as you get out of your car, you, you walk 100 yards uh, to them. Um, so it's really accessible, easy to get to. Um, that one is one of my favorites. Is that right? Um, the Nature Center, um, you know, they offer all kinds of birding walks and, um, you know, kind of um, offer more of an educational experience um, or you can go by yourself. Um, we already talked about Mitchell Lake uh, Audubon Center, um, and then of course, Phil Harbor Park, um, which I love. Uh, it seemed, I, I used to go to a ton of meetings there um, when I worked for Texas Plus Wildlife, and every time I went, I saw something different. And um, and a lot of times I was waiting right there uh, in the parking lot or right there at the Ecology Center, and would see the birds just right from there. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I love that park, and of course, I'm I'm so crazy about the new bridge uh, that they is that neat? Bridge. Yeah, it is. It's it's fun. Uh, 
we went the first weekend they opened and it was uh everybody was crossing back and forth and it's just getting better each mm-hmm. time we go and it only took milton what, six or seven days to find its way back yeah uh. but <laughs> there was a lot of, i saw a lot of nature in those six or seven days uh. just not a lot of people if he would have stayed in the parking lot there wouldn't have been a problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but there was one bird in particular i think was there did you see a lot of sparrows at phil hardberger park are you asking me? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that was, oh, the, I was uh, the, 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 when I was reading, reading. So you can read about each park. Jerry is very fond of sparrows. So he's, he's, he's an advocate for sparrows ever since he uh, was. Well, he mostly, did, mostly is, it, I, get, I suspect, because he likes to drive me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Calvin has purple martin houses, and so uh, the, <laughs> the sparrows have to go at some point. Yeah, and, I, come, uh, I come to the ra- radio show and. Relating my sad experiences or the challenging experiences, and and uh, there is no sympathy for the Purple Martins that are do, doing battle with the, the starlings and the English sparrows. Uh, now, Jerry had a really a, a pertinent question. I was hoping he was going to ask it. You want to ask your question, Jerry? On the the wares. On yeah. the, the picture on the cover. Picture on the part cover. I've noticed this all around San Antonio, and you got a picture of uh, looks like uh, starlings sitting on a mm. wire, sitting on a wire. And if you that? look, yes, <laughs> yeah. Are, are you talking about the cover of the book? Yes, yeah. 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 What, what are those? Yeah, those are grackles. And, Aha! Um, I was uh-huh. right. I refer to as, as parking lot birding or parking lot royalty. And uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, story behind this. I, I took this picture while I was at a stoplight uh, here in uh, in Austin. I just thought the sunset was so beautiful and and the birds. And um, I was on my way uh, to City Hall uh, to um, uh, city, the city of Austin was signing uh, a proclamation for uh, children in nature. And, and um, so it was a uh, kind of a fun day. Uh, and I, I just snapped that uh, photo actually with my iPhone. Yeah, I, I was noticing that uh, that those birds sitting on that wire, uh, those wires, are are for the majority of them, they're evenly spaced, and uh-huh. uh, you know a certain the same space between uh, the neighboring bird. And I was wondering how they do that, or why they do it. <laughs> why too. they do that? Well, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure why uh, they do this, but uh, certainly watching grackles and um, you know uh, even the purple martins come in to roost um, in these big groups. You know, they definitely have a hierarchy of who gets to sit where and and sit next to who and. Um, you know, I, I have to think maybe that has to do with their wingspan if they're going to take off. Um, That's it. Maybe That's they it. need a little little space in there. The ones and, that they, and, little, and little, when they light, when they light, they have to have space for each wing. Okay. Mm-hmm. From the uh, mm-hmm. adjoining bird. Well, you knew the answer? Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you think? <laughs> uh, he's, <laughs> he's always uh, trying yeah. to cause trouble. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Talking to uh, Jennifer Bristol, who is the author of Parking Lot Birding, 
uh, a fun guide to discovering birds in Texas. Uh, I guess just a couple questions and we'll let you go. One of the cool things, too, and you can address this, is uh, you can use this if you're going to visit relatives in Dallas, if you're going to visit relatives in Amarillo and you want to have in Corpus, uh, you know, wherever you're going to travel to in Texas, you can use the book as a guide to what parks to see and do. Yeah, or just the uh, a similar situation if you got grandchildren or, or kids coming to visit you. Oh, yeah. And uh, you mm-hmm. want to get them interested in the birds or they're already interested in the birds. I always, when when she, she Jennifer was uh, describing the how she took the picture, on the wire birds on the wire reminds me a little bit of our we've got there's at least seven of our fellow horticulturists that every time you drive around town yeah. if they they see some plant that they don't recognize or or a perfect specimen the doors fly open and they jump <laughs> out and you look around there's no driver sometimes in there <laughs> And sometimes they're getting cuttings out of oh, the yeah. Right? yeah, well, and and quite often they'll they don't go to jail long. But yeah, they, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that that's that seems to be part of the fun thing. Um, what else, Calvin? You had another question. Well, no, I was just I was just thinking this was uh, this would be kind of a cool basis, maybe on your education program, Jennifer is. You could base you could base a quite a, a neat uh, education program on birding with this the parking lot birding. I think you could keep uh, young people yeah. pretty busy. And me, oh if, yeah, and me if I didn't have to walk a, yeah. a half a mile. Yeah, Calvin. Oh man, we <laughs> still have nightmares. Uh, but actually, Mitchell Lake was is is wonderful. Uh, with all the different types of birds, Calvin was. We had these, and then we had the water birds, and then we had the, the the owls and the hawks, and we just had everything. But did you read? Jennifer wasn't real impressed with um, Mitchell. What? I didn't well, read that. Well, she well she was she was kind of. I think she halfway impressed with the parking lot, but not with the, <laughs> not with the regular. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Jennifer. I, 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 I'm finding my rhythm there uh, when I when I first went, and and then of course I dragged my husband, uh, you know, down every single uh, trail that was possible, and um, yeah, I uh, but I I've been back since. I recently did a uh, a walk um, there, and we had a fantastic time, um, and we we started at the um, the pavilion there and walked really just through the parking lot and saw some fantastic birds and. You know, that's one of the things I talk about in the book. I in no way, shape, or form advocate for more parking lots. But <laughs> things like um, things like this campus of a nature center or boardwalk or Burwood Blind or even the parking lot or campground allow <laughs> us to peer into the habitat, you know, um, yeah. and so that it, it's not so thick around us like on a trail or something. And so that really gives us access, um, you know, to be able to watch the birds and uh, see their spectacular colors, um, observe, you know, their their different habits and what are they doing. Um, and so, you know, that, that's the gist of the book, um, is, is easy places, um, you know, to, to observe birds from. And um, yeah, like I admit- said, uh, right there at Mitchell Lake, we, we had a great time. Yeah, yeah, out at Mitchell Lake, they've built me some duck blinds out there. 
Yeah. Oh. When the migratory birds come through. Oh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Well, it's it's kind of, it's kind of off the property there. They yeah. they put them in there, and he, and we just pick yeah. him up when we're done. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't see a thing today. It's Jennifer, thank next you so much. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she she knows it. All right, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on. The book is at Wild Birds Unlimited at Northwest Military and Hebner Road, and I'm guessing Amazon as well if they want to order it online. Did you? It's oh, you Amazon got Wild, Wild Birds Unlimited. What's that? They have autographed copies at Wild Birds. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. They do, um, and it's also uh, at the Twig. Oh, at the Twig too. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. We'll have mm-hmm. you back. I'm going to email you another question I thought of, but we've run out of time today. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great day and a merry Christmas. Thank you. You too. This is fun. All right. The uh, our guest has been Jennifer Bristol, who is the uh, author of Parking Lot Birding, and it's it is a fun book, and you can find out all kinds of things. Uh, about uh, different places in San Antonio, Austin, day trips that you want to take, all that in the book, uh, and it's really well done. It's a lot of fun to read. Well, that does a good job on Corpus Christi, too. Yeah, kinda, is that right? For being a really pretty exotic mm-hmm. yeah. place to bird, it's, well, I was wondering it if you were because you simple. Yeah, because yeah, you're a Rockport person. I was wondering if you got a lot of, more out of that, too. I wonder if you check the valley out. Don't they have oh, unusual yeah. birds down there? Oh, gosh, yeah. Rear Grand Valley? Yeah. Cool, yeah. yeah. You'll have to read the book. Santa Ana Refuge is unbelievable. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. What name it after Santa Ana? All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back in a moment. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Milberger's Garden in South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer, I forgot to ask Jennifer, our last guest uh, with the uh, book Parking Lot Birding, about social media and how we can follow her. And she texted me back and said her website is theatomiccowgirl.com, theatomiccowgirl.com, and on Facebook under the same name, Atomic Cowgirl, or under her name, Jennifer Bristol. And she has two more books in the works right now. One is A Guide to Cemetery Birding in Texas, which is coming out next year. That sounds neat. We need to get her in touch with Greg Grant, you know. Oh, why? Is Greg a big cemetery? Oh, hell yes. But he's he's looking for plants. Well, yeah. But she's a naturalist, so there she, you go. Okay, we'll have to see if she knows Greg. I'll <laughs> I'll find out. Everybody uh, knows Greg. Okay. It is. Yeah. They've probably run across him in the cemetery. Well, the interesting with with. Uh, uh, Greg's personality and Jennifer's personality—how yeah. they'd get along. <laughs> Greg, All right, two Greg, get, Greg gets along with everybody. Yeah, mm. Greg does. Does he? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Who's who is this everybody that you speak of? <laughs> he yells at you. I think he likes you, but he still yells at you. Yeah. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. All right, gentlemen, what else we got on plants? Uh, well, we on we now? brought this up yesterday, but just to remind everybody now, if you uh, all the the seeded. Uh, vegetable plants that weren't coming up are coming up now. Jerry mm-hmm. mentioned the mm-hmm. Crawford lettuce was uh, sprouting. And, of course, there's the beets are coming up and the carrots. 
uh, radishes weren't they were they were coming up before. <laughs> um, they so, come up in hot or cold. Yeah, and so sweet peas and English peas, they're all uh, are doing well now. And so if you haven't planted them, just because you you planted early and it didn't get any response, now would be a good time get it in pretty quick or to take advantage of the of the weather the way it is. Yep. And uh, what about the greens, Jerry? I mean, in the uh, the spinach, we got plants. the best looking spinach in the country. And if you if you planning on having spinach salad for a Christmas, all you have to do is come here and buy spinach transplant, cut the tops off, and plant the plant the bottoms, and you can use the tops for your spinach salad for Christmas. Now and They're get, that big. Um, now, d- just a reminder that sp- spinach isn't uh, like uh, s- oh, like bright lights uh, Swiss chard. I mean, it's not or kale. It's not. It's they're not huge plants. Right. So if you want to get enough for your family, you probably I I, I kind of think of usually uh, eight or twelve spinach plants yeah. to to keep you keep it where you can keep harvesting yep and they're they're the prettiest plants i think i've ever seen in the nursery the spinach plants are they're they're how sad is that milk <coughs> jerry that? Re- relates the, the prettiest plants you've ever seen in a nate in a nursery nursery is spinach that's <laughs> the current spinach plants here <laughs> yeah ye- yesterday when it was raining that was the prettiest plant on the place. That water on the leaves, they were just shining out there. And remember, spinach is the most nutritious, edible plant that you can plant. Edible plant. Oh, I see. Yeah, with that, with that, and that's yeah, we've the, done research the Jerry on. definition of yeah. edible. <laughs> yeah, Greg Grant forced that out of me when he. Reminded me that no collards is the most yeah, nutritious. Yeah, but you don't apparently think that. So we put edible in there. And that, uh, that nailed him. But well, uh, I like I like spinach, but I also like collards. I think yeah. collards are really good. But I, uh, I can't believe that a person from Minnesota would like collards. Why? Uh, I mean, that collards is a southern food, big time, especially in the winter. Uh, collards and uh, and the greens, mustard greens and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't I don't have the same affection for mustard greens as I do collards. In the su- in the South, especially Tennessee, every house that you drive by in the winter in their garden, they have a big planting. A lot of people plant the whole garden in mustard greens. Really? Yeah. So they can have it every meal. Or? Well. <laughs> I I don't know whether they're selling it or giving it away or what, but it's just so easy to grow. And uh, I guess it could be used as a green manure crop, you know, uh, like we use cereal rye Mm -hmm. or albin rye. So uh, I I never have pursued that. Yeah, it is sure easy easy to grow for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, green material there. Uh, But it... I don't think it has a larger root system as cereal rye or albin rye, but uh, it sure grow. It keep, 
the the garden is green in the winter in Tennessee because of the mustard greens and the green oh, wow. crops. Yeah, they don't they don't grow much spinach down up there. But uh, anyway, changing the subject. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're. What what is the the what greens do they use in your uh, Creole food in your uh, Oh, that I don't know, but it's they use grass clipping. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably <laughs> seaweed growing. Uh, <laughs> Whatever's green. Yeah, there's, there's there's they probably use a lot of collards and stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. I lo- I like those that food. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that sort of. Are you? Are, I was thinking of that. It's kind of Creole. They have quite a few mustard greens there too. In the yeah, yeah, and those merlotons. The what? Quit it. That's dead in the <laughs> oh, winter. Is oh, is it? Okay. It's a vine. Okay. I forgot. <laughs> he's, how he j- just, he's just shell-shocked from his <laughs> birding, parking lot birding experience. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I wonder how uh, Joe did with his Merlotons. I think he, or his Cheote. Oh. Anyway. He didn't, hadn't, didn't even call us. He didn't call us anymore. He doesn't write home. Joe who's, doesn't, who's that? Johnson City Joe. He doesn't care anymore. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a note from him yesterday. I guess uh, he and Dennis and everybody were reporting on the oh, rainfall. The, oh yeah, because he I got think, five. He got half an inch. Is that what he said? Joe, Joe? didn't get point hardly 58. anything. Oh, point five eight. Well, yeah. what is that? That's half an inch, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You weren't big in math, were you, Milton? Well, that's what I said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> University of Texas. Hey, uh, hey, 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 hey. Uh, yeah, watch it, you. <laughs> I, I avoided math classes. <laughs> well, I said half an inch, and you said no. So, and then you said point five. Well, and I went, uh, the Johnson City Joe said uh, they didn't get anything but a sprinkling. Oh wow! But uh, I saw other Dennis people. was saying that uh, they had. I think he was given the airport rainfall. Was that point two five? He said, "Yeah, yeah." But I saw other people, kind of like in the Pipe Creek area. Uh, posting on Facebook that they had horrible storms, like going going up uh, Highway 16. That's good. That's where the wildflowers are. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> but it it fell rapidly. Yeah. Cherry will have to do his uh, parking lot wildflower. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that'll be a go. great book. <laughs> there you go. Unfortunately, that doesn't work for wildflowers, oh. unless you're at Wild Seed Farms. Okay, <laughs> so we're gonna have to walk a little bit further in at Mitchell Lake to highway, see highway. Your highway. Uh, yeah, hi, there you go. Highway, highway wildflowers. I think I was very reserved. You did with, a great with job, the lady. Right. I think you were sincerely interested, <laughs> just, despite the fact that uh, when when she's I, I when our even... guest isn't on the phone, you're beating Calvin <laughs> and I up. When I, I didn't get into the sparrows, I'm convinced that English sparrows. Oh, that's right. Uh, American sparrows are an offshoot of English sparrows. It happened around the... Just uh, like we all are. About 1776? Yeah. Uh, I see. They gained their independence and... Yeah, it took them, it took them a while to uh, uh, evolve into the American sparrows. Uh, this, again, you'll hear no other show. <laughs> Delb is on the line at 210-308-8867. Hi, Delb. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's so good to talk to you guys here before the end of the year. Yeah. You have a Merry Christmas, Delb. 
we're going to work on it. Good. But recently here, Calvin's nose was itching because I was thinking about him while I Uh-oh. saw the movie The Big Year. And I'm sure well, you've yeah. had people talk about that. But <laughs> I knew that there were wacky people out there, but I had no idea that there were people that took it to such an extent on this birding stuff. And uh, anyhow, for the listeners out there that haven't seen it, uh, the big year is like a really bird enthusiastic kind of show that is on Amazon and a freebie show on there. And folks might like watching that. But when they're doing extreme things to go find birds, I thought that'd be something Calvin would do. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, after one particular bird. Yeah, the and the book was fun too. Um, well, and there's more. There's more than well, one book. There's a number of bur- books now on that same type of topic. You know, while birding in North of North America and bir- you know and all all these uh, y- y- where they relate wh- what they had to go through for yeah, to find content. that one. She does uh, a couple different uh, events, uh, Miss Bristol. Yeah. In Texas, well, for Texas I, I got in on the very end of your talk with the author of that book, but I never did get to hear what the name of the book was. Oh, I'm sorry. It's called Parking Lot Birding, A Fun Guide to Discovering oh, I, Birds in Texas. I like that. That's a yeah, good yeah. name. And I'm writing one called Highway Birding. Well, that's awesome. Well, it'll be it'll be wonderful. Uh, no, I mean, he just released. Jay just released his other book, "Sitting in the Parking Lot." <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think I like her husband. You, you hear her describing her husband, <laughs> who, who almost didn't forgive her for making him walk all those trails out of uh, Mitchell Lake. Yeah. We actually enjoyed it too. I mean, in hindsight, it was a lot of walking. <laughs> but in hindsight, it was a lot of fun, too. And Jerry was really good at that. He he was spotting him. What is that well, over there? What? what? Where did you see that? Well, and I, knew, and I found <laughs> Mitchell Lake. Mitchell Lake is uh, it's got, it's with all those roads. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. That's huge. And, yeah, and there it, it's like a big parking lot. I mean, yeah, it's not it's not deep woods. Where you're, you're, she, She's right, though. If you're in deep woods, you could walk. Ten miles and maybe see two or three different species yeah. sometimes. Whereas, on you know, the, one of the things, yeah, where she mentioned the Sibla Nature Center and the trails and stuff up there, mm-hmm. that is a really, really excellent place for all kinds of birding and especially if you have little kids and you don't want to be hiking a long, long ways or grandkids that you got with you. It's a great place to take them, and you're going to see stuff, and they they get to practice observing things. It'll take him a really long time to get as good as jerry is at pointing out details but he's been looking at all these plants and leaves and that's true on plants <laughs> so long i think it trained his brain to look for small details on birds where he's really good at spotting that sort of stuff he can well, find the minutiae just about in anything <laughs> well the, the, deal, the deal is i was taught to uh identify game birds uh-huh we figured that was the skill you were and using. Go but, after them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, bring them home. Yeah, and a lot of game birds, you can shoot the male, but you can't shoot the female. And it's really important to be looking at that minutia of 
different. No, to make yeah. sure that you don't accidentally mess up. Yeah, hmm. pheasant especially. Yeah, and those ducks. And and Delb, Jennifer just uh, texted me and said that in Texas we do the Great Texas Birding Classic uh, with the Texas uh, TPWD Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Uh, and it's in the spring okay. of every year. So you can participate in this, I guess. You can have your well, it's own. It's not going to happen, but it's not <laughs> going to happen. But I'm all excited. Maybe we can do it next year. People out there doing that sort of thing, I'm thrilled for them. I'm just not going to participate. Uh, <laughs> unless it's a dove or quail or a duck. All right. Well, will you, Delb, thank you so much. You be sure to look for Jerry's book, I'm Sitting in the Parking Lot. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Thank you, thank you Delb. All right. Likewise. Take, Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. And I bet that woman's husband is going to be my first customer. Is that right? Uh. That's right. It's called, the subchapter is, it's called Sitting in the Parking Lot. Yeah. We'll be here if you need us. Uh. <laughs> All right. Go. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Back in a moment with more of Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Uh, again, still time to call in with a question, but uh, before we uh, will be recording next week's show, uh, next Saturday's show, and we'll be back on Sunday. Nursery is closed on Christmas Day. Uh, so um, I always like to, like to see you giving out the number on our recording I know. I show. get so used to it. It's like, <laughs> well, you know, Al's still... And I tell Pepper to go ahead and call in. Well, Al's back at the station, and, and, you know, we're not here to keep him entertained. Oh. And he's lonely, so we want people to call him and just there say, you go. say hello to Al. Um, Poor you, Al. You uh, mentioned poinsettias, and that made me think of uh, of Christmas gifts. Do you want to talk about poinsettias? And then don't you have your hams and stuff that you for, for Christmas gifts, or is that not? I don't do that anymore. Oh, okay. I, th- I think the, bah, the best humbug. Bah, no, uh, Christmas gifts. Bah. Uh, I, I concentrate on eating. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, you're uh, bursted in pe- uh, flames pecan pie mm-hmm. recipe. But all those recipes, the lemon icebox pie and everything else, a lot of pecan pie recipes. Uh, I mean, pecan pralines and everything else. Mm-hmm. Is uh is on plantanswers dot com, under the recipe section, and you open the recipe section and uh, got a lot of pecan pecan recipes, mm-hmm. and uh, got the lemon icebox pie and uh, all sorts of other things. Well, on and that. there's some little notes too to identify. Uh, Things that Mil- uh, that Milton has done, to, right, right, like started uh, the fire on the pecan yeah. pie. Don't do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was blackened no. pecan pie, <laughs> and it was delicious. And <laughs> and yeah, I had to add to Poppy's uh, Poppy Stewart's uh, recipe. Yeah, bless her heart. He he doesn't doesn't ever say that I should have put the size pan to use at the beginning. Never says that. 
So are you gonna so bad mouth that poor old woman? It's probably passed she, she by gave now. you that. You just left it out. She <laughs> no. would not have given you the recipe without that without the pie pan. No. Or at least when she gave you the I, recipe, I, maybe I, they only had one size pie pan. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been possible. Yeah. But it's a good recipe if you want to make a good. Oh yeah. yeah. Easy too. And use the use the large one, right? I think that was it. The large pie pan. Yeah. The larger one. Yeah. Yeah. I've got it written up there. Oh, did you finally write that you, up there? You full credit, Milton. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> and so I've got other pecan. I've got Shirley Johnson's mother's pecan pie. Oh. That, uh, How uh, is Shirley? She a special, she brought that up after I, I did this pecan Uh-oh. pie. Oh, is she angry? So I said, you, you need to use my mother's famous pecan pie recipe said, okay, you bring it up here, and I'll put it on the planet. I know she's a, she was a good cook. And so I looked at, I put the recipe on there and looked on the Cairo. It's got Cairo syrup in it. And the recipe that her mother. You better be careful. If her mother's still alive, she's coming after uh, you. No, she's not. Okay. But anyway, the uh, Shirley's barely alive, you know. I mean. <laughs> Shirley's going to come after you. <laughs> <laughs> but I talked to her a couple of weeks ago. That's what you said. She called me out of the blue. Accidentally <laughs> or on purpose? Uh, I think she did it on purpose. Uh-huh. Jennifer uh, texted into and said, remember to tell people that uh, bird baths, binoculars, and bird feeders make great. Um, yeah, uh, who is that? Uh, Jennifer. <laughs> The, re- the 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 person she's writer. she's now listening oh, she's oh. now listening to the show oh okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is cool yeah and then uh, plants that feed birds make great gifts too so uh, so but that would be a probably a gift certificate because do we have lots of plants that feed birds now here is this the season well if you're or does if you it got depend a, on what they want to got eat? a plan for you know a year a year long plan you could, you probably can identify it, but it. Like a possum you know, hall, holly. You probably want you probably want to p- think about that a while yeah. before you okay. purchase them. Yeah. Do you, what, what do you what do you take into consideration? Well, uh, the plants I think about right now are uh, are uh, porterweed and mi- mist flower and uh, sunflowers. <laughs> Ooh, sunflower! It's time to plant sunflowers. No. Okay. No sunflower <laughs> sunflowers are uh, early summer. Okay. And uh, I was excited. And then some of the wildflowers are, are yeah, yeah. Oh, they're good. they're good bird plants. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I have a holly question. So forget it. How does the holly? It hasn't been that cold, right? So I'm do, I'm going to make a guess, and y'all can tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. I knew you would. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just get that out of the way, right? Uh huh. I noticed that the holly in the neighborhood is has the red berries, which makes it look very Christmassy. Uh-huh. Um, so it's not based on cold. Is it based on day length for the berries and as to when they, or do they always bloom around Christmas and ripen and get No, they, they well, bloom in the spring. Okay. And set the berries, just like... Uh, okay, like citrus. But Well, citrus. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, like... Uh, Pyracanthum, maybe. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, which is a good bird plant, which go. which we can't get. Oh, but you know, Trey said they nobody's doing pyracantha anymore, oh. uh, but producing them. But uh, 
anyway, they they have to be pollinated. In other words, okay. they have to have a male plant. I want I've explained this to you before, but <laughs> yes, to right. get a berry, uh-huh. which oh, is the fruit. Am I going to regret having him explain you, this to you've me? You've got to have a female plant. Uh-huh. And you've got to have a male plant in close proximity. Okay. I'm guessing the male plant does not have the berries. The male plant does not have the berries. See, I've listened to That's the That's the same thing with uh, grapes, Mustang grapes and things like that. Okay. They have male plants, which don't Texas have berries. Texas persimmon. Oh. There oh, you go. What is that, for birds or for just male and female oh, both. plants? both. Okay. Yeah. For yeah. birds and for... Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you let Jennifer know that... Many years ago, we've been doing the show for a while, Calvin was advocating alone by himself to leave those winter plants, the, the annuals that had, uh, had uh, died back to the ground, to leave them for those low-flying birds. That's right. And Jerry finally adopted that. <laughs> sort of. I, I got on my e- email that I, or my weekly newsletter I get from uh, Niels Berry, he, he hasn't adopted that yet. Yeah. No, he's talking about if the tops have burnt down, go, go cut them to Will the ground. Will you call him? I'm gonna have to. I wish you would. He he just he's doesn't a, he, sympathize with he, those low flying birds. He, and it, <laughs> when he stops laughing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we got about a, I guess about a minute left. Uh, okay, there's a Calvin article in uh, yesterday's paper. It's about uh, caring for the common plants of Christmas, yeah. which is poinsettia, yeah. uh, Christmas cactus, amaryllis, and things like that, which you can probably find if you do a search for the either, either one of those items on plantanswers.com, and it'll find uh, old columns that uh, Calvin has lot, written. Lots of details. Yeah, a lot of, more details. If you don't have yesterday's paper. You can find it at com. I think. You can find the articles. Oops, we got to go. We want to take this moment to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas. We will see you uh, on the 26th back here at Millburgers on The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 